0: We find ourselves at the Westwood One Studios in the heart of Times Square. It's time once again for the O.B. Radio Podcast. (laughs) Mike, you're the worst. (laughs) You're fanboying out on Ben Mesrick? I like that. No, I mean, he's, he's a big-time author. I understand that. But... I,
1: I like it when you have real celebrities, in and then I come in, and someone actually likes my stuff. It's good.
0: No, it's good. No, no, it's funny. He's fanboying out, and I'm laughing at that. <laughs> I Because I've known you for, like you just said, as you walked in for 20 years. So to me, yeah. I know you're a big-time writer and all, but I just know <laughs> you as Ben Mesrick. Uh, I don't know. But uh, which books did you you read, Mikey? Mike reads a book a week, for real.
2: Wow. So he's, a
0: book a week.
2: Obviously, bring down the house, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Sex on the Moon Oh yeah Sex on the Moon was good Uh, Facebook book Uh, Parallel What was the
0: Facebook You don't even know the name of it Accidental Billionaires billionaires. Yeah
1: And the Parallel book The 37th Parallel Yeah the UFO You didn't read
0: the Wooly one
1: no, Willie was last year, yeah.
0: And you didn't read about the uh, oligarchs?
1: No, but I'm like, this is uncomfortable how, like, I'm obsessed with authors. So, like, me and you, is like, I'm freaking That's out right now. Nice. It's you uh, and you're... a bunch of librarians. <laughs> <laughs> do you got book groupies? Uh, you know, every now and then you do get one, but it's, yeah. uh, it's very rare. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Right. It's not, not as often as one would like. Uh, yeah,
0: but th- didn't you, like, win some kind of, like, sexiest I author it, or so something like that? I so
1: in God, I forget what year, it was 2006, (laughs) maybe? I was People Magazine's sexiest author. Um, which was, uh, it was the Jude Law was on the cover, right? and I remember they were, <laughs> I remember my my, uh, my younger brother was showing people that he's friends with, look, look, my brother's in this book, and they are like, oh, he's really good looking, but they were looking at the football player next to me, <laughs> and then they get to me, and they're like, oh, what is he doing on that list? <laughs> oh my God, yeah. that's awesome. My favorite part is when the photographer showed up, yeah. and I was in a hotel room with my publicist, right. who was, was a young guy at the time, and Immediately, the photographer went to him, to the publicist, and was like, "All right, we're going to start taking photos over here." And he's like, "No, I'm I'm the publicist." <laughs> oh God, so it was sad. But the author's the easiest category to get in. So I haven't seen you in a year. Then what? What was the last book you? Yeah, uh, uh, the last book we talked about was um, was it the Russia book or was it before the Russia uh, book? I it know was-
0: I did the Wooly with you. I think it was called Wooly, wasn't wooly it? Wooly
1: was about the woolly mammoth. Yeah. We, oh
0: yeah, we did Wooly. We definitely did Wooly because that that uh, um, um, subject fascinates the hell out yeah, of me. Yeah,
1: about the guy who who um, is a professor at Harvard who is making a woolly mammoth. Right. Yeah. So that was my last book. So I wasn't here for my last book. So oh, that was your last book. Yeah, that one was after Thirty Seventh Parallel.
0: So that's why I, I bring that up because uh, so I haven't seen you in about a year, maybe a yeah. year and a half. Uh, where, where are we at with the woolly story? So, Is there updated info on this? You thing? know,
1: there's been a lot of scientific articles. So there yeah. isn't a woolly mammoth running around yet, but he's definitely now created life in a petri dish. No kidding. He's got about a, a dozen woolly mammoth genes that have come that are in petri dishes now that are alive. So prehistoric genes are back to life just living in petri dishes. Right. Um, so they're getting closer and closer. And uh, I think uh, there was a 60 Minutes about it a few uh, months ago. Which was based on my book, but they didn't mention my book. Why? But because um, that happens a lot in journalism is. You know, sometimes people just. Go I thought with it your only story. happened to us radio guys. No, it happens in writing a lot now, especially on a Laura. local radio
0: station. <laughs> like the the most amazing thing was said, and
1: that the, all they give us is on a local radio station. I'm like, <laughs> yeah.
0: come on, man, we could use all the help we could get, yeah. and they do it to you guys. No, oh, it happens
1: to journalism all the time. No someone kidding. Will, someone will write an article that they read your book. They write an article, yeah. and then it never mentions the book, but it's right. the same as the book, and happens a lot. But you know what? It's it's just you get used to it, you know.
0: Now, when you were doing the research for Wooly, I, I know we're going to be talking about uh, Bitcoin uh, billionaires in a minute here, but
1: uh, um, are are we going to be bringing back a lot of other uh, prehistoric animals? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there are there are teams working on saber tooth tigers. There's a team working on a cave bear. There's a team working on dodo birds. is one project. Um, there are a lot of projects that you know the technology is getting closer and closer to doing it. Um, they did manage to get this Iberian goat that had been gone for yeah. years to come back to life and it lasted like a few minutes and then it strangled to death on its own lungs. But it was alive for a few minutes. Um, so they have they have done that. Um, yeah. But any of the bigger animals. Wait, how do they yet. bring that back to life? They they it was that one I believe was a clone. So okay. they cloned it. Um, and there was, you know, Dolly the sheep was a clone sure. sheep, which is the exact same technology except for you're going to use prehistoric genes. You can only do things that are about hundred thousand years old, and not beyond that. Why so you can't do dinosaurs? Because we don't actually have any dinosaur DNA. Oh, I see. The what you're fossils saying. don't have any living or or uh, be able to brought back DNA. We don't even know what a dinosaur's DNA really is. Right. We can make a guess. Um, but like the idea of it being an amber—it's it's not real. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll get a woolly mammoth. I believe a woolly mammoth will be around in our lifetime. You think that's a smart thing, Ben? <laughs> I mean, I would love to see a woolly mammoth I mean, running
3: around. We Boston, all would but, love to see it, but uh, there's
0: two things that scare the hell out of me: bringing back the woolly mammoths and other prehistoric uh, <laughs> creatures and robots. Right. Well, I think
1: we should stop.
3: We're
0: going to have both of those. <laughs> I know yeah. we are.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the robots are, are probably more scary. But uh, well, the, you studied uh, the. Uh, Studied up on singularity and all that. Yeah, right? I, I thought about writing about AI, and you uh, I, I haven't. I haven't found the story yet. If I find. Because for my stories, I need a main character yeah. that is really appealing, that does something crazy. So if I had the right guy in the AI story, I certainly would write an AI story.
0: Yeah, humans are kind of stupid because we don't realize that machines are going to be smarter than us. Because yeah. we
1: just think, no, we're humans. Nothing will be smarter
0: <laughs> than us in the universe. Right. But this AI technology is- outpaced outpace us even, quickly. Yeah, yeah, even the people that are working on the, uh, this type of technology, they're like, this is really, really scary stuff. Yeah. And we're like, oh, come on. It's making our lives easy. Easier, right. Well, we all,
1: we're all we all lazy, and we would love to ride around in our self-driving cars and, you know, sit in our couches and have everything right. done for us. And in the end, you know, it'll be good for a while before right. it goes bad. <laughs> have you uh, Have you been in a Tesla yet or a self-driving car? I've been in a Tesla. I haven't been in a fully self-driving car yet. Um, well, I, the Teslas. I've been on a Tesla they're
0: not, I mean, they, pretty they, pretty for- close. they force you to put your hands on the steering wheel, right. but I drove one two summers ago for a couple weeks. It's I don't know why we don't have this technology everywhere, especially yeah. I, I was uh, on the Long Island Expressway the other night, and this girl was full on Snapchatting <laughs> oh, 65 miles an hour uh, right next to us. That's terrifying. In, in, in a Tesla? Uh, uh, no. In a regular in a reg- car. Uh, in a regular car. <laughs> but my point is, like, let's bring it on because people, n- for some reason, mm-hmm. really need to to check their Facebook
1: pages while going 60 miles an hour. It's terrifying. I mean, it's... You know, we got to get the people out of the equation as quickly as we I can guess, in terms of, of driving. Because yeah. f- at the very least, it'll keep
0: your car in the lane. And, right. and if you're looking down on your Facebook and the car in front of you stop, the stops, the car will stop for you at yeah. least. You My know,
2: favorite thing to do when I take the uh, bus in the morning from Jersey, going through the Lincoln Tunnel and you're sort of crawling along, but still you're moving yeah. Is and you're up high on a bus, is to look down and see how many people... In the driver's seat or <laughs> on their phone, it's not even looking. I mean, it's it's, scary. It's, it's probably the like, it took me two and a half hours to come in today. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, scary. I'm on my phone a lot like anyone else, but the one place I'm not, I, I just don't do it in the car. No. Unless, like, honestly, if we're down to, like, five miles an hour and you're just literally crawling right, along, I right. might take a little bit of a peek. But right. that's... But besides that, it's it's terrifying it's, what these people are doing out there with that.
1: I agree. I agree. It's scary.
0: Yeah. Huh. So I haven't seen you in a while, Ben. Everything yeah. else is good with the Everything's kids? Everything's
1: good. And I got two little kids. They're yeah. uh, uh, nine and seven. And um they're having a lot of fun and it's uh I'm very hands on, which is great. Right. And, you know, I just did a father-son Cub Scout camping trip over the weekend, which for me is is terrifying. Like <laughs> Why the, the that outdoors. I, you see how pale I am. I do not go outside yeah. ever. I live in a mall. I don't know if I told you I no. live I live in the Prue Mall. I never step out I can get to New York City without ever having stepped outside. Wow. Because I go through the mall and then underground to the, the train. But you live the in the train. Prudential... I live in that mall No, nope. Boston. That mall's awesome. Yeah, so I literally come up to the window but never actually step outside. And I have right. food and I have, you know, whatever I want is in the mall. The gym where I work out is in the mall. Yes. I literally don't step outside the mall uh, for any reason. So going on a camping trip is... You know, the tent is still in the Blue Mountains of Massachusetts. Cause I got it open. I just couldn't get it closed. So you just left
3: it there?
1: <laughs> it's all, like, pushed into a trash can. I, I, it's a disposable tent is what I call it. It's one use only. Wait, I have but a question. If you prorate a tent over 12 months, it's cheap, sure. right? Yeah, of yeah. When did tell? they
2: put... Re- I worked in that building twenty four yeah. years ago, twenty five years ago. So when I worked at WZLX. I don't ever remember there being residences. Well it, they in built that. three
1: buildings that are attached to it, um, and th- and that are that are apartment buildings. Um, and actually, there's now like five that that orange apartment juicer buildings. one. There's an orange juicy looking. Oh, that one's that's one of them. But there's okay. actually now there's five buildings that are all in the mall, and you can live <laughs> in the mall. And literally, your elevator opens into a hallway. There's a supermarket. Right. I mean, it's really. You know, it's, it's great. And then it's I'm just, like, it's like a biosphere project. you can get yeah. right to
2: the T, right to, to get the get to the train and subway.
1: You can get to the train to New York. The XL is right there. Um, you know, it's it, it's great. I can get to Penn Station without stepping outside. So
2: you don't
0: really uh, go anywhere else in Boston, then? I try to.
1: I try to stay within you know hundred yards of my office, my apartment. So my office and my apartment are in the same. So you're
0: really too. one of those guys that doesn't
1: like being out and about. I hate sunlight and and, and <laughs> everything that's <laughs> do to do with the really? outdoors. It's not for me. It's not for. You I think mean, it was a. You can't
0: be a sexy author and I'm, hate I'm sunlight. Not, that's
1: right. I'm very you can't not that. Do that. I think it was a, a Fran uh, Lebowitz quote that yeah. the outdoors is a thing that you have to go through between your apartment and the taxi cab. Right, right. And I think that that's the truth. I just, boy, there's this, outside in a tent and there's like bugs and, you know, I don't know what I'm doing out there. I tried to make soup for dinner and yeah. it turns out it's very hard to cook soup on an open fire. It sure. Doesn't, if you don't have a pan or anything, a can doesn't really cook. <laughs> it's not easy, yeah. So. And and you got to worry about the bears. Right, and, well, we were, th- we were talking about that because it was a bunch of dads who, who really shouldn't be outside in the yeah. woods. Yeah. And their kids running wild in the woods. Yeah, my kid lost all respect for me. So it was one of
0: those weekends. (laughs) Well, uh, uh, real campers, you after you cook, you take all your pots, pans, and all that stuff, and you actually uh, take it away from the camp. Yeah. And, and uh, leave it there, you know. So the
1: bear goes over there. Well, and the right. you're
0: supposed to put it up in the tree to make it a little harder. But then again, I've seen videos of bears climbing trees lately, and that's not going
1: to stop them. No, that's But terrifying. I guess your
0: son wanted to go camping. Well, and- there was the Cub
1: Scouts. He's Cub Scouts. And so once a year, they do this camping trip. And, I, you know, I'm, I got to be that yeah. dad that goes with them. So, uh, I mean, I can't make my wife go. It would be kind of sad. So I go. And, uh, but listen, I've come to the conclusion that when the apocalypse comes, I'm the first to go. <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> not going to last a week. It doesn't matter. It's all over for me. Me. That's
0: strange, though, that, I mean, obviously, so you spend yeah. a lot
1: of time in your apartment writing,
0: yeah. but, but what I love about your books is the fact that you really do research, Yeah. and you live the life, I mean, you hang out with these people for I a do. long time, so... When you're doing that, you enjoy being out of your. So the it's apartment. funny. I,
1: I have this sort of double personality. In my real life, I'm terrified of everything, and I and I don't like to leave my house. Yeah. But in when I'm writing, I dive into the story and I follow these people and I live vicariously through them. And so I have done some fairly dangerous things to tell these stories. Um, but it, it's you know it's like an outer body experience, and and I, I try and I create as safe an environment as I can. But yeah, I have to go outside my bubble yeah. when I write my stories.
0: Uh, and before we get to Bitcoin uh,
1: billionaires, the
0: oligarchs, right. Any of the ones they talk about on TV with Trump? Do you know any of these guys from your research?
1: I certainly do. I I wrote a story about the Russian oligarchs and where they came from and how they got their money and how they, in the end, uh, Putin went after them and killed most of them. But the ones that are left are now under Putin's control. And so I had to go very inside this whole, you know, crazy world. And and yeah, every now and then I see a name come up and and they're they're scary dudes. You know, some of these people um, that. Uh, may or may not be associated with trump we're 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 certainly guys who have no problem killing people. Right. um and, uh, yeah, like the the characters I wrote about Abramovich now is not allowed in England anymore because of that the latest polonium poisoning incident. um, and so he's now in Israel. um another one, um there was Kodorovsky comes up in the, in the news all the time, and he's the one who was in prison for a while for going against Putin. and now, is out um and then the guy who owns the uh, the nets yeah well, he's i think he's slightly in the book i can't remember but there's a bunch of these dera 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 post i can't remember yeah man, i know what you're talking book. about though. um he's a scary dude and i don't like talked about him <laughs> he's he's a bad man but did yeah. you go to
0: russia for that research so no
1: i definitely didn't i went to london and i would go back and forth to london and i i was under the um these oligarchs wanted me to write the book yeah so i was under there they read every draft of it before i handed it in uh, and they made sure that, you know, it was it was up to their approval. And I believe Putin actually either read it or was told about it um, and okayed it. So I wouldn't have written it if I didn't. I, they wanted to tell their story and yeah. where they came from. And they were very matter of fact about the murders and things like that. That wasn't something that bothered them. Right. You know, you would I would say, you know, in this chapter, you it sounds like you killed somebody. And he's like, well, you know, you have to understand the moment in time. You know, it, it, you don't don't compare 1990s. Russia with 1990s America. Compare uh, 1990s Russia with 1890s America. No, so kidding. in the 1890s, if someone was your rival, you would kill them. Yeah, um, and that's the way it was in Russia in the 90s. And so, you know, every company had a had a position, a, a group of wet works people who would essentially go and kill people from another company. Right, that was how business was done. And so, none of them were really that embarrassed by that.
0: Man, that's yeah. that's way scarier than making soup in the woods. Yeah, it is. It that's, is. That's you know. why your life yeah. is strange, Ben. I
1: know. And I actually haven't been back to Europe since I wrote that book, but I will. But I, 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 wasn't, I wouldn't go to Russia until I was confident that everyone who, who was in the book was happy with it. Right. But, you know, that's the other thing is I don't write my books to take people down. I'm not – none of my books – I think it was Janet Maslin, the New York Times, who called me a billionaire's best friend. Right. I, I try and, you know, I, I like the characters I write about, and I build them up more than I take them down.
0: And you you hung out with a lot of billionaires over the years. I do
1: know a lot of billionaires. I think I'm the only pro-billionaire journalist out there. I'm, (laughs) I'm, uh, I'm, you know, the Winklevoss twins are just the newest billionaires, but I've definitely written about and and, and known a lot of billionaires.
0: What what was the coolest thing you got to do with a billionaire as you're researching
1: one of these books? I mean, I've done, you know, I've I've done the St. Bart's New Year's thing with the billionaires and the the, the Winklevoss twins I'm I'm fascinated by because they're young, you know, these guys are... They're in their thirties. Um, they're still in their thirties. Well, I believe are close to it, or maybe just past. But um, they're both single. You know, they're worth probably they have two hundred thousand Bitcoin. Right. Um, which they bought at seven dollars, which Holy is nuts. God. So you know, it's at eight thousand dollars right now. So yeah. they made one of the best returns in history. Right. Um, so they have close to two billion just in Bitcoin alone. Probably another billion in, in other assets. And right. uh, and they live these incredible lives. Um. And yeah. but, but you know, yeah. I mean, I've I've definitely hung out with people with. With vast wealth. Well, you're you're jumping ahead a little bit, which sure. is, which
0: is great. Uh, the new book is Bitcoin uh, Billionaires: A True Story of uh, Genius Betrayal. And Redemption, so uh, I didn't even know you were in town, and I quickly yeah. you know, uh, tweeted you, and you got right back to me, which I love. Well, I, I mean, I, you've
1: been having me, I've literally been hanging out with you for close to 20 years. It's crazy. I've written 20 books, and I think I've been, all of my successful books, I've been uh, you know, hanging out with you from the very beginning. I was trying to remember, but I've read
0: at least, I wrote a bunch of them down, yeah. uh, and, uh, and a lot of them we just went over uh, at the beginning of the podcast, but I've read it. I would say I've read at least half your books, huh. and every single one of them has been awesome.
1: Oh, that's very high. Um, Thank you.
0: And so my point, though, is I didn't get to – this is the first book book—and I told you off yeah. off mic or whatever, uh, Bitcoin Billionaires. I usually love reading your books before you come in here. So I was in a panic because we <laughs> set this up last minute, so I'm doing all this research, and I had no idea this book was about the Winklevoss twins, yeah. which – which uh, obviously were characters in, in your was that your most successful book? I would mean, Accidental Accident
1: Billionaires? Billionaires was. Uh, I mean, The Social Network was certainly a very successful movie. Right. Um, uh, Bringing down the house as a book probably sold more copies, right. but Accidental Billionaires is the one that everyone knows. The story of Facebook is, is yeah. was my biggest story. Yeah. And, and the Winkle uh,
0: Voss twins, yeah. they were they were the villains in your book, right? So when I I read, wait a minute, he's going back to the Winklevoss uh, (laughs) twins, and they're not villains anymore.
1: No, it's this incredible second act. And, you know, you don't see second acts like this in real life that often. And these are the guys who were, you know, the bad guys in the social network. They were the guys chasing, um, you know, Zuckerberg around. um, And suddenly they're part of this new revolution of money. Can I slow
0: you down just to to update everybody? So. uh, The the Winklevoss brothers possibly invented Facebook, and then you had Zuckerberg. Right, and then uh, the the Winklevoss uh, 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 twins they sued Zuckerberg, and I think they got sixty five million dollars in the settlement. Well, they got
1: sixty five million, but they refused to take it in cash. They took it in stock, and so at the IPO, it was worth five hundred million dollars. Oh wow! So they ended up with a very large amount of money, and you would think they'd just row off into the sunset. (laughs) Right, but that was not that was just the beginning for them. Right, Um, and they were so angry. They wake up every day with this anger towards Mark Zuckerberg because they feel like he betrayed them, that he screwed them, he lied to them. And so they wanted to give their settlement back. They really didn't want it to end there because it wasn't about money. It was never about money for them. They felt like they were there at the beginning and Zuckerberg stole from them. Right. Um and you know Zuckerberg for his part says no, their idea wasn't, you know, wasn't Facebook and what 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 they were doing wasn't the same. But you know in the story when I wrote Accidental Billionaires, I got to know the Winklevoss twins. They were one of my sources. Um, I knew them pretty well, but to me, they were always... And this is partly because of me. I grew up in the 80s and all those movies. Like, yeah. uh, you know, it's always, the, they look like, when they walked into the room, they look like the guys in the skeleton costumes <laughs> chasing the karate kid, right? <laughs> uh, and, and it's probably more me than anything else, but I judge them immediately. Yeah. so when I wrote Accident the Billionaires, they were the mean jocks and Winklevoss was the cute nerd who attempted to create Facebook and, and get away with something. The you reality mean, is you mean, something uh, Zuckerberg. Different. Zuckerberg, sorry. It was the lovable right, nerd. Right, was the lovable nerd. But and the twins were right. the evil. Right, but then you fast forward to yeah. this, yeah. And suddenly Zuckerberg is this evil, you know, he, he's become the James Bond villain right. of the world. And Facebook is dominating everything. And then you've got the Winklevoss twins who've disappeared. Suddenly they've reappeared with 200,000 Bitcoin. And right. they're at the center of this incredible new revolution. So it made me want to relook at who these people were. Yeah. So I, I called them up and I, and I was like, did you guys, I had just read in the New York Times that they had, a, they were billionaires. Right. And I immediately came to New York and sat down with them. I was like, you got to tell me what happened. How did this happen? And I wasn't interested in Bitcoin. Never wanted to write about Bitcoin. People have been pitching it to me for a couple of years. But it just seemed, you know, it's math. It's, it's, it didn't seem exciting. It was really hard to get your head around things like the blockchain and all of this garbage. So instead, I'd never really looked at it. But when I heard it was the twins and they started to tell me this story, I was like, OK, now I want to write about it. Right. And um, so they, they opened up to me. And, and I realized that I had gotten them wrong. Um, Zuckerberg really was who I think we portrayed him. I think he is the guy from the social network. Yeah. I think we captured him very well. But the twins are much more than, you know, Army Hammer's portrayal of the dumb jock who's yeah. who's all about honor. They are also extremely smart, and they attempted to build something with, with what they were creating that Zuckerberg essentially, you know, he took aspects of it, I think, uh, that became Facebook, and now they're they've come back to rebuild something else.
0: Now I was reading an article and the twins saw social network yeah. based on your book and I think they went to the premiere yeah. and they they were okay with their portrayal I guess is the yeah. best way to put it but they they didn't think that they, they they didn't think it was accurate but they didn't hate you for it.
1: No, I think you know first of all they definitely liked the movie and I think they liked aspects of it they didn't they they knew they were coming across in a way that people would make fun of them for years which people did right um but but they also liked the fact that we were poking holes in mark's story yeah Um, because before the social network all you heard was mark zuckerberg the genius who created facebook you didn't realize there were other people who he had screwed over to get there yeah um eduardo you know the other character in the social network and and there's actually been a lot of people since then if you just look at zuckerberg and it's, he's pushed out person after person after person, and the Winklevi are looking more and more like they might have had a story there. They might really have been part of this. Yeah, and I think when we readdress who they are, um, we start to see that there's there's questions about that.
0: What does uh, Zuckerberg think of?
1: Oh, I'm sure he hates me and this book. <laughs> I, I guarantee. No, I mean you. Uh, oh. uh, the old book. Oh, so that's interesting. So originally, when I wrote "Action of Billionaires," Facebook freaked out. Yeah. You know, I got tons of phone calls and emails. You know, what are you writing about? You know, uh, what is this about? Then when the movie came out, I think Zuckerberg realized that it was something they needed to embrace to some degree, and that's when he went on Saturday Night Live and he. Um, he took a group of Facebook employees to see the movie, and he became much more—not uh, because he liked it, but I think because he realized the, the they could use it. And I yeah. think I think the movie was a big part of why. It's their mythology, you know, why their IPO was so big, why Zuckerberg was on the cover of Time magazine. Um, All of that came from this movie. I mean, there's plenty of companies, but there's nobody like Mark Zuckerberg. And I do think the movie had a lot to do with that.
0: Yeah. And what do you think
1: of the whole privacy thing? Well, I think this is where Zuckerberg was always intending to go. Yeah. I really think from the very beginning, you know, Facebook was supposed to be this dominating thing in our lives. He doesn't believe that we should have privacy. He likes the idea of all of us sharing our information of knocking down those walls because he thinks if we can create a village instead of you know, the world as it is, we'll all be happier. So I think this has always been his intention. And he pushes those boundaries and then he gets caught and he comes back, but then he pushes them again.
0: I hate to say it, but I don't think he's wrong because, you know, uh, older people talk about, you know, when their kids are doing all this stuff online, like, oh, you're going to regret that when you get older. But what we don't understand, the younger generation, they don't fully understand what privacy actually is anymore.
1: Right, right. They don't care. I they mean, live in you know,
0: a totally different
1: world than right. us. They want to all be reality stars and be on YouTube, and they want their phone number out there yeah. for everyone. They want everyone to know who they are. Um, sadly, so yeah. sadly, privacy is, is done. Yeah. I think to a large extent it is. Um, but the idea of monetizing your details and your data, that gets a little terrifying. Someone else uh, to Someone do
2: else is selling your stuff. But yeah. you said something really interesting there, Ben, with the, um, what do you think Zuckerberg's Sort of point of view is right now, and there's th- we should be living in these villages, or, or there should be one global village. Right? Sounds a lot like Marxism. Yeah. And how Lenin took Marxism and and sort of, or, or that's the next logical step, right? right? Well, or, because human yeah. nature won't let us. Yeah. We're too big to have these little communities. Yeah,
1: you would think so, but I think he thinks that through technology we can reach that utopia. You know, that state of living as if everyone's your neighbor. Um, and I think that was the goal of Facebook all around. Yeah. Well, if the population was a lot smaller, that might work, right? If it's a kibbutz, but right? But he's, he's a, right; he's yeah, forgetting yeah. human nature. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, mean, that's I think, so true. and and the question becomes then, you know, lately is is who's in control of all this? And it's Mark Zuckerberg. You know, without any regulation, um, which really there isn't any, he decides which messages go where and when you when you print something, whether it goes to the top of a feed or a bottom of a feed. He has a lot of control over who's on Facebook and what they're doing on Facebook, and. Uh, and that's a scary proposition. I think. I, I got to
0: be honest. I, I don't
1: like that social media in general are, mm-hmm. are are silencing
0: a lot of voices. Yeah. And and some of the people that have been silenced recently, yeah. I don't agree with them at all. But I also realize how scary that is. Yeah.
1: And it's especially just one guy who has these decision-making powers. Right. You know. And and I get the idea that you don't want violence and you don't sure. want people inciting people and things like that. Um, So there does have to be some form of regulation on social media. But why is it a guy named Mark Zuckerberg? Why isn't it uh, more of of, of a group kind of situation? Uh, And you're right. There are people whose views I'm not going to agree with, but a lot of people might agree with them. And and as long as their views don't cross certain boundaries. Now, there has to be some level of regulation. I'm not against, I'm not a libertarian to that extent. Um, And some of the people in the Bitcoin community, and a lot what this book goes into is, Bitcoin was created by these libertarian anarchists essentially who who wanted to create a form of money that no government could control that was instant digital that i could send to you with no bank in the middle no no government it's not backed by any government and that's a very sort of free libertarian sure. idea you could buy drugs with it you could create you could do whatever you want with it and nobody could tax it on the it. dark web right and so i'm not a big libertarian to that extent but I, I, I and I think there has to be some level of regulation, but I don't think one guy should have that level. of No,
0: power. I mean the tribalism in this country. So yeah. you know the one side's like, oh look at all the voices being silenced, and it's yeah. like, no man, you're gonna be next. Don't be, <laughs> don't, be don't be don't be stupid yeah, here. The, yeah. And you know I we saw this this game play out on radio. Oh sure, back in the day uh, when I was uh, doing you know regular radio. I started when all you had to worry about was the FCC regulations, right, Robert? The government. There was just a few regulations. As long as you don't do this, this, and this, you're safe. And then somewhere it changed and the corporations actually Mm -hmm. controlled what was heard on the radio and then it got to a point like the fcc regulations who, that's easy right. we have to worry oh my god we did an asian accent today or something now yeah. we're going to get fired or we did this or that like you know it was yeah. a whole different ball game and i'm starting to see the same thing happen with with social media where like well, you're saying one, yeah. one or two people are controlling the whole thing
1: yeah i mean it's going to definitely go in that direction unless there's some sort of uh, way of stopping it because the bottom line is uh, our laws are not built to, to fit something like Twitter or something like Facebook. Yeah. When a company becomes so much a part of everyone's lives. I mean, you know, Twitter has uh, when when FEMA sends out a, 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 a report about hurricanes, it goes on Twitter. Yeah. You know, so Twitter is not just a private company. Yeah. It's also a
2: public company in right. a lot of ways. Of course. And so the rules have to be fit what Twitter actually is or what Facebook actually yeah. is. Well, yeah. and that was the whole that's the whole point behind the Federal Communications Commission. Why radio right. stations have to get licenses and exactly. it's the public airwaves. The internet isn't that necessarily and yeah. and and but right. like you said Ben with these companies getting so big, like Twitter, like like Facebook, um, where it is just basically you're It's another. It's an American oligarch. Yeah. In 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 one way, right?
1: Well, I mean, I mean, in a lot of ways, I would think what what Zuckerberg has become or what Facebook becomes is way more powerful than any individual before. I think he's probably the most powerful person on earth. Um, I really do. If you think about what he has access to, um, if you think about a, a quarter to half of the Earth's population is or, or will soon be on Facebook. Yeah. And they live on Facebook. They put all of their life on Facebook, not just photos, but they they talk on Facebook and they, you know, Instagram, I'm counting Facebook mm-hmm. and Instagram together. Um, the amount of power who ha- someone has all control of all of that data. Right. Um, it's spectacular. I yeah, mean, I no think kidding. in the history of humankind, no one's had that level of power. I love Zuckerberg. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you should. <laughs> we, we all should love Zuckerberg. <laughs> I love
0: Zuckerberg. Move me up. Right. And so I have to say, I mean, he, he, my Facebook, he's, he's uh, brilliant.
1: Page. What he created is brilliant. I don't yeah. know if you saw Chris Hughes, one of the Facebook founders, yes. recently wrote yeah. an article where he said we should break up Facebook. Yeah. That's and I'm not even sure what right? that means. Yeah, you know, yeah, you get yeah, rid yeah. of Instagram. Yeah. I mean, then everyone is, has to, uh, these companies don't work unless they're monopolies. Right. If all of your friends are not on Facebook, then Facebook is pointless Of course. and no one will go on Facebook. So for Facebook to succeed, it has to be a monopoly. So that's not really the answer. And and uh, shutting down Facebook is not possible and it's not really an answer either. So there has to be some way that Facebook has to work with society the way it is. Sure. Whether that's a government involved um, or whether it's some sort of rules that get set you know for these companies by some i don't know how i I think it's the wild wild west and it'll kind of figure
0: itself out unfortunately but we're going through that rocky period right now as we take all the land and figure out new governments and this and that but yeah um but it leads to your new book uh bitcoin billionaire so so the twins saw the movie you kept in touch with them right um you you call them up because you find out they're the first billionaires as far as bitcoin goes right and And i start
1: hanging out with them i start learning this story and and uh And it's really wild. I mean, to me, and I frame the whole book like The Count of Monte Cristo because it's their revenge story. In a lot of ways, they are driven by this anger towards Mark Zuckerberg. And I think they wake up every morning trying to figure out how they can take Mark Zuckerberg down. And I think they saw in Bitcoin a, a way to build something great, perhaps as great as Facebook. Um, because money is changing, and I think the idea of this digital money or a crypto currency is the idea of the future. I became yeah. a big fan of 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 crypto, of Bitcoin, because I do think 50 years from now we're not going to be walking around with paper money. No, and no one's going to pay for anything with pieces of dead trees, like yeah, yeah. some medieval peasant, you know, bartering away with our yeah. our paper. It's going to be digital because it's almost all digital already. You know, when you walk into a bank and deposit money, there's no cash, right? No. You know, the bank's not holding a vault full of cash. It's all numbers. It's yeah. all zeros and ones, anyways. So Bitcoin just gets rid of that middleman. It's peer to peer, which means I can just send you a dollar uh, or a you know a piece of a Bitcoin, and there's nobody in between us. Yeah. Um, and it's verified by the network, which is really really cool. Um, so the idea is great, but Bitcoin itself came from this dark libertarian, anarchistic, drug dealing group of people. So the history of Bitcoin is very dirty. And Bitcoin is still full of manipulation and, and all of these dangers. So we're not out of the woods yet. And Bitcoin is still something where a big whale can control the price of it. Um, and the price of it is, is still gambling. It's up and down and up and down. Yeah. But the future to me is definitely crypto.
0: Can you Can you walk me through what is bitcoin sure. i'm so confused i try yeah and so, i tried again today because you were coming in right, and you're, right, t- right. you're talking about
1: cryptocurrencies and bitcoin right. so let me, let me tell you let me tell you how it started okay yeah in 2008 in, in, um, uh, and uh, end of 2008 beginning of 2009 a mysterious person who called himself satoshi nakamoto right. which doesn't really exist no one knows who this person is wrote this thing called a white paper where he laid out what bitcoin would be bitcoin would be a form of money That is backed by math. So there's no government behind it. There's not gold behind it. It's it's, uh, I can pay you in this form of currency directly. And that transaction is verified by people all running this Bitcoin software. And by verifying that transaction, they earn rewards, which are more Bitcoin into the system. And that's how Bitcoin works. Essentially, everyone is incentivized to help figure out our transactions. These transactions, the goals that they're going to be instantaneous. Now, I don't actually have anything to give you. Bitcoin itself goes to you, but you don't actually have any Bitcoin. You have an address where that Bitcoin is. And so someone described it to me recently, this guy named Matt Cutler, which is a really interesting way. Think of there's a brick wall, this virtual brick wall sitting out there. And each brick is a, a store of value, a Bitcoin. Okay. So there's a, an address that goes to that brick that you have. Okay. You can send me that brick, and now I have that brick. I don't actually have anything, sure. but that brick is mine. And that's essentially what Bitcoin is.
0: And how do you prove that brick is yours? By, so the, this, by the code? So this
1: code yeah. is impossible to hack and impossible to invent. It's like trillions and trillions and trillions of, of uh, possibilities to get to this code. So it's just a string of numbers and letters. Um, and that string of numbers and letters is your personal code to that public. Now, everyone can see the brick wall. Yeah. So everyone knows what's in each brick. But they can't get it because you have that code. Now, the the interesting thing is that code is your Bitcoin. So if someone steals that code, they have your Bitcoin. It's like walking around with a giant safe of gold. Yeah. And some people, you know, wear a ring with their code on it. Some people get tattoos with their code on it because that code could be worth millions and millions of dollars. So there's there's great stories out there about a guy who had it on a computer you know chip and lost it in, in, in a garbage dump and has spent the last five years looking for that because it has $7 million on it. Oh, that. my God, uh, really? Another story where this guy went on a beach in India and he was running a crypto exchange, which had 130 million in crypto in it, and he died, supposedly, disappeared, died, but then his body was gone. And everyone thinks he just absconded with this code because that code is worth $130 million. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of interesting. It's like you're carrying around all your money in one string of, of numbers and letters.
0: And it's hard to hack into that? It's impossible
1: to. It's, it's impossible. It's, it's mathematically impossible to hack somebody else's crypto. Fascinating. Um, and, uh, and people have tried just to prove it's not possible. Right. Um, so the whole thing is verified by math. Um, which is really, really interesting and cool. There's no person. There's no authority. There's no government. And, and the way Bitcoin took off was uh, back in uh, I forget, uh, 2013. In a, there was a small country called Cyprus, which is an island country. And that country went uh, broke. It went bankrupt. And so the government, to pay off the, U, the, the EU, um, just went to everyone's bank account and took half everyone's money. And there was nothing you could do. If you lived in Cyprus and you had your money in the bank account, one day the government just took half of it. And all these oligarchs, they were mostly oligarchs, said, you know what, I'm not keeping my money in money anymore. I'm going to get into Bitcoin. And that's when Bitcoin first started to rise. And when you see Venezuela, for instance, falling apart, people are turning to Bitcoin china a lot of these people are turning to bitcoin when governments start to go unstable you don't want that money anymore and you know america has a a very powerful country and you think that our money could never go unstable but the reality is of course it could if something really bad happened and the government decided you know uh to do something about our money either to print more money or or not it could happen overnight you know and so the idea of a form of money that is digital and that you can carry around on your phone um, that you, no one else can get to, that no one else can touch, that no one else can see. Um, you know, that's appealing to a lot of people. But
3: so what, it, a, it's it's a, initially it was sorry. appealing
1: to drug dealers, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, eventually, uh, you know, and, and Silk Road was the original use. Yeah, of sure. Everyone would go on Silk Road and buy and sell drugs. Um, Silk Road. And Silk Road got shut down. Um, and uh, that's a big part of this story as well, because that was that was the proof of concept of Bitcoin. In a
0: lot isn't of ways. the guy that ran Silk Road like in jail, yeah, for jail
1: for life, plus. two life sentences, right. I right? And it's kind of sad. I mean, the guy was basically With no
0: hope of parole, no
1: hope of parole, and he was basically a Zuckerberg character who, instead of creating, a, you know, an Amazon, right, created a place where you could buy drugs. Um, so, but to the government's point, he was the biggest drug dealer in the world. <laughs> right. um, but his point was, you know, he's a computer programmer, sure. So, um, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a, it's a Story that has a lot more ins and outs what, to what, it, but yeah.
0: What's the uh, downside of Bitcoin,
1: though? So it's there's obvi- a lot of downsides. It, to Bitcoin, yeah, because yeah. it's
0: obviously trendy and people are really into right. it. Could it? Could people all of a sudden go like, "Ah, eh, this actually isn't going to work"? And the the whole system it could disappear tomorrow. It could
1: disappear tomorrow. The problem with Bitcoin is there's nothing that backs it. So the positive of Bitcoin is there's nothing that backs it, and the negative of Bitcoin is there's nothing that backs it. It's not backed by gold or any particular government. So it only is worth as much as we believe it's worth. So if I you know, write today a book, Bitcoin is worth 8000 If there's a lot of great press about Bitcoin and everyone likes it, it could go to 10000 If tomorrow one of the big whales decides to sell his stake in Bitcoin, it could go to $6,000. Right. Um, there's nothing that holds it up. The other problem with Bitcoin is they can't decide what it is. Is it going to be a currency that we use in stores? Because if it is, the price can't be going up and down like this. I'm not going to go buy something at Whole Foods if tomorrow that Bitcoin is going to be worth $1,000 sure. more. Um, but uh, or is it a store of value like gold, um, which I think makes a little bit more sense? Maybe it's just a way to store a large amount of money or, or like just some another um, thing like a stock you buy, right? Um, and that, that might be the, you know that they want, or most people want, who are into Bitcoin want it to become the currency of the future. I don't know if that's possible, but I do think that, There is value in it, um, but the value is something that we all agree upon.
0: So how are the banks getting their greedy little hands involved with this concept? Because obviously people are digging the the Bitcoin, and banks in general are useless. I don't know why why we continue to put our money in banks
1: yeah i mean the idea behind a bank is that it's protected that if tomorrow you know something happens and there's a run on the money the government backs you it gives you your money most
0: of us don't believe that anymore with all the banks that have shut down since 2008
1: i mean it's definitely a different time now i think bitcoin makes more and more sense the banks are trying to figure out how to work originally they were against bitcoin and most banks were were hoping that the government would just regulate it away yeah um but now the environment is changing and i think the at least in new york the financial system is starting to embrace Bitcoin more and more. And that's part of why Bitcoin has been rising again. Um, there, there doesn't seem to be this approach to regulate it away. Um, so eventually what's going to happen is all these Wall Street banks are going to figure out a way to get into Bitcoin. They're going to create ETFs so that, that regular people can buy and sell Bitcoin on a stock exchange. Um, and that's, that's coming very soon, supposedly. Um, that's what the twins have been working on, in own, in their own ETF. Um, wow. Whether that happens or not, who knows. But if that happens, then Wall Street will get into the Bitcoin game in a big way. I, for, think,
0: I've, I think I learned a bit about this For, today. Yeah, for some
1: of our listeners that don't know what an
2: ETF is.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's an instrument. It's a financial instrument that allows you to buy and sell uh, something on uh, uh, in, um, without actually buying and selling that thing. So like if there's an ETF for gold. Um, you can buy and sell gold without actually having, having any it gold in your hands, yeah. And, and that's that's what this would be. Um, so you could buy and sell Bitcoin without ever needing to worry about hash, did, hashes and private okay. codes and things like so,
0: uh, that. So recently on sixty minutes, they did the story on Bitcoin, right? And they uh, they you did know, show my book this time. They, they saying, showed your book, happy. which was nice. I was happy I, for you too. Yes. yes. But the guy. Yeah. They had the story of the guy who did the first purchase with Bitcoin. Yeah. He was like, what is this Bitcoin? So he tried to figure it out. He's like, I don't know. Does anyone want to get me pizza? with?" <laughs> and I got this Bitcoin. What was it? like? A th- he got uh,
1: two pizzas from Papa John's for 10,000 Bitcoins. 10,000 Bitcoins. Right. And Anderson Cooper
0: looked at that guy and goes, you do realize if you held on to those uh, that Bitcoin and didn't buy the pizza, right. it would be worth 8 $100 million today.
1: Yeah, and I love the guy. The guy's like, I try not to think about that. It <laughs> yeah, wouldn't, yeah, yeah. He's like, it wouldn't be healthy for me to think <laughs> that way. <laughs> right? I'm, trying not, <laughs> right. I'm trying not to think that about poor guy, that. He thinks I feel about
0: like every That poor guy moment. is going
1: to be found hanging at some point. I mean, how do you come back from that? I mean, you know, it, and it's true. That was the first Bitcoin purchase was two pizzas. And um, that's in this. That's all from the book as well. Oh, it is? Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the whole That whole report was actually from oh, the book. Oh, nice. I <laughs> yeah. didn't know that. Okay. They, they didn't say that. But it was. <laughs> oh, God. They, they no, got to give you more They, crap, they were fine. Eh? They were fine. They gave me a book cover. They showed the cover and everything. Yeah. But, um, and the other story in that report was about Charlie Schramm, who was one of the main characters sure. in this book. Charlie is a great story. He was a 19-year-old kid living in his mother's basement. And he stumbled into Bitcoin. And he created a company called BitInstant. Where one third of all Bitcoin was essentially bought through him during those those years from 2012 2013, um, he created a company where you could buy and sell Bitcoin because at the time it was actually hard to find Bitcoin. Um, and the Winklevi were there, his first investor. So they invested eight hundred thousand dollars, and then eventually won half million dollars in his company. But so they were the guys in suits, essentially. And he was this crazy kid. And the other investor was a guy named Roger Ver, who was this anarchist libertarian who believes drugs should be legal, that the military shouldn't exist, there should be no police. He was in jail for a year for selling explosives over the internet, gave up his American citizenship, and lives in like Japan now. Um, So he was pulling Charlie towards this libertarian view of the world, while the twins were trying to make Charlie be an upstanding suit-wearing CEO. And Charlie went down the wrong path and ended up going to jail and was the first person sent to jail for Bitcoin. Um, He allowed people to buy Bitcoin from him and use it on Silk Road to buy drugs. And that is a big (laughs) no-no. And once the government took down the Silk Road, they traced it back to Charlie and, uh, and he ended up going to jail for two years. Wow. And now he's out, and he's, he's got money again. But um, it almost destroyed him. But... Um so he's another character in the story, which is a you know a sympathetic character, and, and, yeah. and he
0: made it all the way back because he's he's now rich again. Well,
1: God knows how much Bitcoin he actually stored yeah. away, because that's the yeah. point of Bitcoin. Nobody really knows. No, know why,
0: no, know why I know he's rich. On sixty minutes, they did that yeah. dramatic shot of him on his a speedboat. Boat, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's got that's what they want to show right. that someone's rich right, and right, doing right.
1: well with their life. Right. And he had the boat's named Satoshi. Yeah, that's what yeah, his boat's yeah. Named. I saw yeah. That. So he's back up on top, and I spent a bunch of time with him down in Florida. Um, hanging out with him just to get his story out. And uh, he's a real likable guy. And, and he was in Bitcoin very early, um, but just got pulled. You know, there's some unsavory characters in that world. And uh, what is blockchain then? So the blockchain is this idea of the brick wall. Is okay. The idea of the, each block um, is part of, you know, when, an, when a, more Bitcoin is added, another block is added. And eventually this wall gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, And each block is connected to the blocks in front and back. And that's why no one can, can hack it. No one can, you know, if one of the blocks suddenly appears but isn't connected to the one in front and back, then everyone knows that block isn't supposed to be there. So that's why everyone involved in the Bitcoin world is essentially keeping track of it and verifying it. So you don't need an authority. Um, it's all done by the public. Do you need a master's degree, though, to figure this out? <laughs> well, to explain. Blo- and that this is the reason I never wanted to write about Bitcoin. Yeah. God knows I never wanted to use the word blockchain in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just a horrible word. And the concept blows your mind. And that's why this book has none of that. The yeah. book is really about this adventure story in this world. And you don't need to know that stuff to buy and sell Bitcoin sure. or to understand even what Bitcoin is. If you really think about it, Bitcoin is really just digital money. Um, digital money means, you know, I can, just, I can text you money. Just like I send a text to you. And yeah. that's the way money should be. We're in a future of phones and, and things like that. You know, if you're, you know, a, a kid in Africa and I want to send you a dollar, how would I do that without Bitcoin? There's yeah. no actual way to do that. Yeah. You can't send a dollar by Western Union to some kid in Africa who has no account and no bank account. But he has a, but but he has a cell if phone? If He has a cell phone. <laughs> okay. But eventually everyone's going to have a cell yeah, phone because that's incredibly cheap technology. Um, so eventually everyone in the world will have access to a, this form of money.
0: Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. Yeah. I
1: just, whether it's Bitcoin or something else that right. pops up, but. whether it's Zucker corn, uh, <laughs> right,
0: Zuckerberg
2: corn, uh, at some point, I, but it's still faith based. I mean, well, not I not, mean, not a religious. Right. I mean, like you know, just like regular of course, money. Right? All money is faith based. We're not even know? on the gold standard right. anymore. Right. With this currency, we're government based. You well, know, our money's, and, and, right. our
0: money's based on the gold standard, but not no, no, not anymore. No, that oh, was that's taken true. away. It it's all a
2: whole. Th- I believe that this dollar. I'm going to give you. We each believe that it's got an inherent value. We have decided a long time ago that
0: this. This paper is worth something. Right. Gotcha. I mean, a better yes. example
1: is gold itself. Why is gold valuable? And why does gold go up in value? It, it's it's based on demand. It's rare, but it's not that rare. And essentially, you can find more gold. Uh, Bitcoin, on the other hand, there will only be 21 million coins. There can't be any more. So Bitcoin is better than gold in a lot of ways because it truly is a limited supply. Well, gold, we can find new gold.
0: But who decided what the limited... When they
1: launched, when this guy, this invisible guy who appeared out of nowhere, who, by the way, disappeared afterwards and no one knows who or where he went or if it was even one person or more than one person, and that person supposedly has a million Bitcoin. That is fascinating. And we know he has a million Bitcoin because you can see it on the wall, but he can't use it or then people will know who he is. So there's someone out there with a million Bitcoin, which today would be worth, what, that's uh, a... $80 $80 billion, is that right? Or $8 wow. billion, some ridiculous amount of money. Um, and he's just a, a ghost. Um, anyways, Do you think he's real? There was someone who started it. And he, he wrote emails, he wrote letters, he wrote papers. And they've analyzed the writing and they know he's not Japanese. They think he was someone on the East Coast of the United States because of what time it was being written. Um, all of his different writings. Um, there's been a lot of theories about who it is. You know, Carl Ruiz. <laughs> <I> imagine. <laughs> um, there's been theories of everyone from Julian Assange to, um, you know, Elon Musk or someone like that. But I doubt it's any of them. It's probably some programmer, you know, who we don't even know who he is, who can't use his Bitcoin because he could actually face jail time in the United States for a lot of tax things. Um, and there's a lot of people who would be looking for him. Um, also, the idea of Bitcoin is there's no authority. So if this person truly wanted to create a, a, an economy with no authority, he wouldn't come forward. You think he's just some kind of loner that was <laughs> like super smart and, yeah, and some, just some figured this? some loner in a corner somewhere who did this, launched it, and then yeah. decided what? to go away. Or he could have died. Right. Yeah, that's the other possibility. That's why he vanished. Right. If this person died and no one knows his hash but him, his code, then that and Bitcoin he started this whole thing, yeah. p-
0: and there's such a mystery around this guy. I yeah. find that fascinating. big mystery. So, and one other thing, and it was in the 60 minute piece as yeah. well. The uh, what is it called where all the co- uh, computers are housed? Uh, oh,
1: the the big um, those mining facilities or the, um, yeah. the yeah the I, mine, I yeah what, yeah. The, the it's, the bas- it's called mining. So when you those computers. Are, but who
0: set those up? So there are to,
1: now these people who are doing that who are setting up who have like basements full of these things that that burn tons of electricity. Because what those computers, they're solving really difficult mathematical problems. By solving that problem, you're verifying the blockchain, you're verifying all of the Bitcoin exchanges, and you're getting a reward of Bitcoin. So every, you know, few minutes another Bitcoin goes into the system through this system of verifying, which burns tons and tons of energy. That's another negative thing about Bitcoin is it burns a lot of energy. And these things are all like in China. Uh, Iceland became a huge center for this because they have thermal hotspots underneath Iceland. So you can actually get power from these thermal hotspots and run these computers off them. Um, And then you can get cheap Bitcoin, basically. And so. people
0: don't know where that one facility well, is. Well, they
1: they keep it very secret because yeah. these things are full of mining technology and are pulling up Bitcoin, Bitcoin, wow, Bitcoin. So,
0: I'm still confused, but I, I, <laughs> it's I got... It's okay.
1: I got... No, but I got it. You got closer. Yeah, I absolutely got closer. I promise when you read the book, you'll get I it. I can't uh, wait. Because the book is written for people who don't know anything about yeah, Bitcoin.
0: Yeah, and, and uh, let's get back to it. So the Winkle uh, uh, Voss uh, twins, they, they 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 make their $65 million in their settlement, right. which is worth, with the IPO, 500 million. $500 million. Yeah. What I found fascinating was the fact that um, no one wanted their
1: money. Yeah, that's why they got into business. So what happened was- Could they you decided, explain that? Yeah. So they had $500 million and they said, okay, we're going to be VCs now. We're going to go out to Silicon Valley and invest. But when they got to Silicon Valley and no one would touch their money because everyone's end game in Silicon Valley is to sell your company to Facebook. And Zuckerberg hates the twins so much that he would not look at any company- that had winklevi on winklevoss twins on their uh spreadsheet so essentially no one wanted their money so they would basically try and give money to people and no one would take it because it, then they couldn't sell their company because all
0: the smaller guys were scared scared of zuckerberg of zuckerberg right. and facebook right like we might be the company that he swallows up and we all become very 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 rich, very
1: rich. anyone who's around zuckerberg can get very very well so yeah. now
0: they're stuck with all this they money. had this
1: money and they couldn't really do anything with it and so yeah. they actually went to a bee's at a party and that's that's where the story begins um, there weren't really party guys, uh, but they went to Ibiza, basically, and while they were there on the beach, someone walked up to them and said, have you ever heard of Bitcoin? And that's where it led them down this path.
0: Just like that? Yeah,
1: and, and then they got looked at it, and their first thought was this is either BS or this is something great, and they did a bunch of research and realized nobody was doing it. Silicon Valley had ignored it. Economic professors knew nothing about it, and then they met Charlie, the kid from the basement, and Charlie's the one who entered them into that world. And then they started buying and buying and buying, and they bought 200,000 Bitcoin. Um, so they built, bought 1% of all of it and invested in Charlie's company and then tried to build Charlie's company. Charlie went to jail. I don't want to give the whole story away, but this is the yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, And then, you know, today they're worth many billions.
0: No, it's more about the uh, Winklevoss twins and, and, you know, they're coming of…
1: Right. Well, you know, they're, well they're coming back to get Zuckerberg. They're, they're right, coming right. back.
0: Right. Uh, story. And, you know, because you would think they got all this money and now they're on their way and, and they were blackballed basically right, right. in Silicon Valley and then figured out with the, the Bitcoin thing and became right. uh, the first billionaires. That's their new revolution. Yeah. That is a fascinating
1: Thank story. Thank you. Yeah. It's a fun one and uh, it's out tomorrow. So, right. Yeah. Or. I don't know. I don't know I don't it's know out what, now. It's out now. Is that what we're supposed to say? Yeah, sorry, it's out. It's out now.
0: It's out now. Uh, yes, uh, Bitcoin billionaires, and uh, it's been out
2: for three weeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you think that the uh, the Winklevi would want to you know invest in a podcast? Ooh, yeah, I, you know, I like that's a good that. question. I don't know. I have no idea. Um, I got a I got a book
1: for you. Yeah, I'm, oh, sure, well. you I'm sure you do. The opiate Anthony story. story. Oh boy, do I have a book. Are for you. Are
0: you going to write that story? Ah, people want me to. I got to figure it out you'd have to really
1: go all out you know it's, oh yeah absolutely
0: yeah. I got I got stories but um uh what else was I gonna ask you <laughs> about the, the so so they're happy with this book the the
1: uh, they are, the they twins? Are. I mean they are they are you know, I, I they're big Bitcoin proponents and they're big believers in Bitcoin and the future of Bitcoin. And uh so they're they're thrilled with sort of this story getting out in a big way. Yeah. There are gonna be things in the book they don't like and things that they do like. Right. Um but overall I think they'll see themselves in it, yes. And you researched this for over a year, didn't you? Yeah, definitely. And you year. were hanging out with them a lot? With the twins, you know, I'm the third winkle twin, I like to say. I've been <laughs> hanging out with them on a weekly basis for a while now, yeah. Yeah. And um it's going been great. to parties
0: and stuff or? Oh, yeah,
1: I've done a little bit of that. I mean they're, you know, they're young billionaires who right. who are um but they're also they have this whole 1950s sensibility to them but at the same time they're not Zuckerberg there's always a beautiful woman on their arm Right um they're you know they state supermodels and go to the Met Gala and things like that. So, you know, they're the anti-Zuckerberg.
0: Well, they got the personality. They
1: did say to me that I love this quote from them. They said, listen, you look at us and you look at Mark Zuckerberg, which one do you think created a social network? (laughs) 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 I mean, really? And I think that's actually a good apt point. You know, which one understands social circles and friends and things like that? And so I don't know. I, I, I am really I'm big fans of theirs. I think that they're interesting guys who are very smart, who got short shrift by me from me and a lot of other journalists over the years. Yeah. Um, because of how they look and because of how they act, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the reality is, they're very smart guys.
0: When you when you see them, you want to hate them. I mean, it's because hard they had not everything. I mean, the, the, the Harvard it's guys, the privilege thing, they were the rollers,
1: they were you know, and then we live in a world right now handsome. where privilege is the worst word in the world, right? Yeah. now. and 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 these guys exemplify it. But in their minds, they don't. In their minds, they had to struggle. In their minds, they they're they nothing came easy and yeah. we see them and say of course everything came easy look at you guys yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean you're six foot five Olympic athletes right, right. but then you think about it to be an Olympic athlete the amount of work it takes is, is immense right um, and you know to speak multiple languages and to understand all this stuff so they do work hard but of course they did start on third base compared yeah. to most people yeah. I mean their dad's a billionaire <laughs> you know they oh, really did, yes they come from a rich family but they're very smart but they're smart but they could have just but you know we know pre- a lot of kids like who come from those families who don't end up Olympic athletes, but and their portrayal
0: their uh, by Hammer, who did a great job, uh, right. uh, you know, he he made him look kind of goofy, right? And, he did and, and, and
1: I, he made him look like you know how essentially I wrote it in a right. lot of ways, <laughs> oops, um, you know, oops. and it's fun. But they they <laughs> exemplify that too. That's part of who they are. They yeah. are those guys. I mean, they definitely are those guys you know, in the dining hall who you want to hate when you see them. Right. Um, but when you get to know them, they are much more to them than that.
0: So is there a lot of Facebook stuff in this uh, yes, book as a, well? It, it
1: opens with the settlement that people have seen. No so it opens with the
0: settlement with the twins going, right. now
1: what? Yes. And then, no, it's just it's a crazy scene where essentially they were sitting, they'd been working back and forth with Zuckerberg's lawyers trying to get a settlement. Yeah. And back and forth. And finally, Cameron had the idea, let's just sit down, us and Mark and talk this out. We're a bunch of kids who went to college together. We don't need lawyers. And so they, they asked, you know, the Zuckerberg's lawyers if this would be okay. And the lawyers came back and said, he agrees except he has some concerns. And they were like, well, what are the concerns? Well, he says he'll meet with one of you. And it turned out he was afraid that they were going to beat him up. Oh, my God. And, and then the, I think his was camera was like, does he think one of us couldn't beat him up? Is that <laughs> what he said? And so they, this meeting took place in a glass room in the center of this law firm, and all the lawyers sat around the glass room, and Cameron went in alone to meet with Mark Zuckerberg, and this is where this whole settlement took place. And Amazing. we didn't know this story when we wrote The Social Network, so right. it wasn't you know, in the movie, but that's what leads to this $65 million settlement.
0: What a fascinating story. I yeah, can't wait crazy. to dig into yeah, this Yeah, you're law, gonna like it, I think, yeah. Because you're gonna end up loving the, the twins.
1: I think you will, and, or at least respecting them, right. um, and at least seeing where they come from and understanding that you know, they're not who we thought they were.
0: I would imagine this this one's going to be a movie, huh?
1: Yeah, it's going to be a big movie. We don't have any details to give out yet, but um, I think it will be a big movie. But you're confident it's. I'm very confident it will be a movie. It's, it's moving it's, forward it, yes, nicely. It's moving forward nicely. Columbia will be distributing it. People who did the Social Network, and right. I'd love for Army to do it. You know, we'll see if. How we, cool if would that happen. be? It would be right? Amazing. It would be perfect, and he's become a great actor. You know, everything yeah. he's in is phenomenal, um, and I think he's grown a lot as an actor. I think it would be. Great. Oh, he was great in Social Network. He was fantastic. And he funny. was awesome. I just saw the Mumbai movie he did. It was really good. Yeah. Really dark and. I didn't see that one yet. Uh, so real violent but, i liked uh, him as the lone ranger you know i forgot about yeah, that. yeah the lone ranger yeah that was i think he was great i think it was yeah. a tough movie well it's uh, johnny Depp. you, you <laughs> can you know he eats the scenery the for johnny breakfast De- yeah it was it was interesting to go that route with the lone ranger that movie was a bomb right yeah, yeah. it didn't do well it didn't yeah, it was, do well it was, it was all right what,
0: are, what other books are uh, being turned into movies like is woolly uh
1: woolly and 37th parallel are the two of mine that are moving nice. forward 37th parallel already has a script that's out to actors now um, and it's with New Line Pictures. And um, Woolly is with Marty Bowen, who did Twilight. Right. Um, the script's in a rewrite now. So we don't have, you know, uh, that one's going a little slower. Now
0: 37 Parallel, that's all. Uh, about UFOs. Yeah, the UFOs crazy UFO story. And the, and the cover-ups and all that. Yeah. And about, Are you
1: convinced you know, that we've been uh, visited I, by I UFOs? Think, <laughs> I think there's a very good chance that at some point in our past there has mm. been a UFO. And I think that the reasons to not believe in a UFO have gone away. Um, We used to think there probably wasn't life out there, and now we know there probably was life out there. Um, We used to think it was too far, but now we know some of these Earth-like planets are not that far and reachable by our technology. Um, And so when we think about the age of the universe, you know, uh, we're relatively young over here. There's some places that are a lot older than us. Um, The chances that there's been some sort of technology that's gone close to us is very high.
0: Did you hear the rumors why we never went back to the moon?
1: No, I don't believe that.
3: <laughs> I, I, well, that that's supposedly. That's
1: yeah, I know there's some craziness. No, but,
3: Supposedly we were right. told, okay, yeah. beat it. This, so is, I don't,
1: this, is, uh,
3: this yeah. is
0: ours. And basically Neil Armstrong said when he was on the edge of the crater that he saw
1: yeah. moon bases I, so and stuff. This stuff doesn't sound real to me. So from, in my opinion, I'm willing to go as far as to say some sort of probe might have crashed on our planet. And that's as far as I'm willing to take it at this point. I would need some level of evidence oh, like, to go farther but, than
2: that. Uh, an unbeinged. I, I, pro, I think right? that's
1: the most likely thing that, that will be sent out first. That's what sure. we're going to that's send out That's what we first. do now, right? Um,
2: and there's, a, there's a,
1: something called the Starshot Project, which is in my book, which they're working on now. Uh, Stephen Hawking was working on it, but a number of rich billionaires are basically creating these postcard size sales. They're essentially thin filaments. That get pushed by sunlight. That can go almost a one-fifth uh, of light speed, which is incredibly fast. That can reach Alpha Centauri in 20 years, Wow. Um, which is not that long a period. Right. And their goal is to send out thousands of these in random directions. And these things just fly at hyper speeds until they hit something. And so that is our attempt to reach the outside world. So you would think that other technologies would do something similar. Um, manned. You know, trips between right. planets seems very unlikely because of the amount of space. Yeah. but unmanned things actually seems very likely, and there's no reason why an advanced technology wouldn't figure we'll out. A way figured to
0: out that sail technology. Come I was on. like
1: a bunch of really smart <laughs> physicists. God, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, most most likely, anything that's going to go to Mars is going to use something like that too. Elon Musk is working on something, and so is a uh, Bezos. Well, a lot um, of
0: people believe, you know, there was civilizations on Mars too. Well, there, was, there a-
1: was probably life. I don't know about civilizations, but there was water. Right. And we know that. And so water usually comes You know, with life. Um, So at some point in in its history, it might have had life. I don't know about an advanced. I
0: have no doubt there's life all over the universe. Yeah,
1: I think so. And I think, you know, but I would also say that 99.9% of people who've seen UFOs are not seeing UFOs. I I think all of those thousands of reports, they're not real. Almost all of them. Maybe one of them is. (laughs) You know, that's my opinion.
0: Well, a lot of astronauts, though, have have seen Oh, a lot of
1: pilots. Pilots see stuff all the time. And the Army. You know, it's all in my book, but the Army has covered this extensively because yeah. there's been a lot of sightings during different wars, and uh, some of them you know, the government itself thought were probably real. Right. And there are uh, documents, Air Force documents, talking about these things right. um, that are out there. And, yeah. and different presidents have attempted to get these things opened, and the Air Force has refused. Um, Clinton tried to get these things open, was unable to. Uh, Hillary Clinton, when she was running, said what she would do was try to get these files opened up, and she didn't win. Yeah. Um, but they won't even let presidents open these things up. So there are Air Force files on UFOs that have not been opened up. But who's
0: more powerful than the president? That's not, that's not, you know, <laughs> right.
1: The president is not as powerful as, as one might think, right? Of course. You know, I mean, there's people running the country for years and years and years and years. And years it's right. definitely the military. The military has, has, you know, projects that last decades, um, the development of the uh, you know atom bomb was was so secret that a hundred thousand people worked on it, and only about twelve people knew what they were working on. No kidding. And so there were whole cities built, secret yeah. cities in America, where everyone living in the city had no idea they were working on the atomic bomb. Wow. And you you just work on a little piece of something, but you didn't know what it was part of. Were any of those people interviewed? And asked? yeah, there was. It's called the Manhattan Project, and it was yeah. it was the largest conspiracy in history, and it was real. But um, but, it, no, but yeah. my
0: question is, sorry, I yeah. know about the Project. Manh- what, what was their answer like what they thought they' were working on?
1: Well, some sort of engineering project I mean okay. they would be some an engineer working on you know filing some sort of metal so it could be a certain weight or something yeah, like that yeah. um, but they didn't really know what they were supporting. yeah, and so there are things like that that the, you know that the military does do for reasons that are usually good yeah. um, and to develop these projects. and so we would have no idea if really something had crash landed at Roswell it would be covered up and yeah. it would have been covered up um and and so that's possible
0: i can't wait to see that movie yeah it's
1: gonna be really cool the script is awesome it's very dark um just trying to find the right actor for it I so think you it, don't
0: go on youtube and see all the moon bases
1: of, <laughs> i don't believe that, <laughs> that. I, I, have, I have trouble with that uh, that and flat earth are, are the two things oh, i'm the not flat gonna go earth. into it. what yeah. that's exhausting i get three of those a week someone wanted me to write about that i is get that, so many that... of those and i'm like guys just fly that way until you get back here. <laughs> you know it's I mean? one big troll, right? It's no, one there's big people community, but there are people who really I, believe. I know,
0: I don't, I can't, I, I, can't. Those
1: people write letters, they write emails. I can't do it. It's that's a hard one. That's a hard one to believe. Right. I, I could, I could see most conspiracies. I could fall down a little bit, but. That well, one, I can't fall down well, that Well, we route all want to believe in something. So yeah, you get a group I mean, of people. Right. Then... Well, that's where our brains work. We look for yeah. conspiracies. That's the way we We look developed. for our own tribe, too. Yeah, of course. We want tribes and we want conspiracies. Yeah. I mean, we want to live in hunter gatherer times in caves. And, and believe in gods and believe in—and that's how we were built. And right. so that's what we want. And, and over and over again, that's going to be our problem as a society. I think so, too.
0: Yeah. So, but, that, so the, uh, that's going to be a movie, and then Wooly's going to be a movie. And Wooly
1: hopefully will be a movie. It's taking longer, um, but I, I think Wooly will be a great movie. It's just—it's at Fox, um, and uh, we'll see what happens with the new script. Right. Yeah. That just seems like Thank a Thank you. And then fat... Bitcoin Billionaires will be a movie, um, I would think, in about a year or
2: two. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Now are you, you think you're going to work with any of the you know previous actors? Or, or directors? Or, I would
1: love I mean, David Fincher is you know, a genius, and Aaron Sorkin is a genius. So if they wanted to do it, of course, in two seconds, that would be fantastic. fantastic and book. you got to work with him when you... Yeah, I yeah, worked with Sorkin a lot. Were, I mean, I, I, Sorkin and I were going back and forth. Well, I wrote the book and handed him chapters, and he wrote the movie. So I was there on set for the whole thing, and it was incredible. I mean, watching these guys work, you know, Fincher and Sorkin are just on a whole nother level. So how was that when he took the dialogue you wrote and then Sorkinized it? Well, listen, Sorkin's a genius of dialogue. You know, every every sentence he writes, I just love. Um, A lot of my book did make it into the movie, which was really, really cool. Um, And it was awesome. We got to go to the Oscars, you know, and it was just an incredible moment. Um, He thanked me first, which was really, really neat. That was my wife's fault. So what happened was we were at the – right before the Oscars – Right as we were all going in, we saw Aaron, and Tanya walked up to him and was like, we got to talk to him right before he goes in because if he wins, that'll be the last thing he remembers. That's and so smart. And literally, we talked to him, and we walk, and he wins very early because yeah. uh, uh, adapted screenplay early And the first. I just don't need to thank Ben Mesrick, And I was like, it worked. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, literally. If I had not talked to him right then, he right. probably would have forgot. Right? Because I'm not the first person. On what, his mind.
0: What's your uh, your best memory of going to the Oscars?
1: Was oh it God, that there's or? so many. No, it was the after party. We went to Guy Siri Madonna's after party. Guy yeah. Guy Ossiri's house. Yeah, uh, Madonna. And Ashton Kutcher – well, no, Demi Moore and Ashton Kutcher were together. But Ashton Kutcher and Madonna threw the party together. And so we were – and I don't belong in these things. I mean, I'm a, you know, a kid from Boston who never goes outside. And we're sitting in <laughs> guy ridiculous house. And I remember this whole moment where I'm sitting on a couch between Molly Ringwald, for some reason, and Nicole Kidman. And uh, uh, the guy from Nine Inch Nails, Trent Reznor, right. had won – an oscar for the music to the yes. social network so he handed me the oscar to hold on to while he went and did something so i'm sitting there with the oscar from the social network <laughs> sitting with molly Ringwald and and, uh, and i was just this is really cool i mean this, this is a, a high point in my life at this point and you know just talking to these people who you, i'm not around celebrities that often yeah um it was neat it was neat you know every, everybody was like cool to time. you Everyone was very nice. I, I, I Everyone well, – But I was holding an Oscar. They didn't yeah. know who I was.
3: <laughs> <laughs> they were like, oh, oh. <laughs> It's a you great know, prop to I
1: remember I like. went to the Golden Globes. I don't know if I should tell this story. I went to the Golden Globes. Kevin Spacey brought me to the Golden Globes, and I was sitting at this table, and everybody thought I was with – Kevin Spacey. Kevin. <laughs> so people were so nice to me because Kevin Spacey was the highest, yeah, the yeah. biggest actor in the world at that moment. And I remember it was seeing Brad Pitt and An- Angelina Jolie were in there. Oh, it's great to meet you. They're being so nice to me. I'm like, why are these people being so nice to me? They don't know of people read my book because they thought that Kevin was, was with <laughs> That was That's a great story. I swear. I was at this, it, was a great, it was a great night at the Golden Globes. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so the, the social night was just a crazy moment in my
3: life. I mean, sure. it was just,
1: you know, you don't expect when you write a book that's ever going to happen. Um, even when Twenty One came out, Twenty One was a really fun movie and it was a blast. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, but it was you know it, it's a different phenomenon when you have a movie like. this. Well,
0: as a that. writer though, the big book was bringing down the house. Yeah. So
1: as a book, bringing down the house still outsells mm-hmm. all my other. How books. many I mean, millions I, again? Well, in the U.S., uh, two to three million copies. And, wow. But worldwide, probably six or seven million copies. Wow. This is a big book. And uh, accidentally, probably sold a million copies in many uh, different languages. Oh, too, 26 right? languages. Yeah. Wow. You know, it's just a. That was a book that at one point in time every college kid had. Yeah. This was the book Kids Beating Vegas. It was that book. And that book, you know, definitely changed my life because previous to that book, none of my books succeeded. Sure. I was a failed writer. I mean, I was you know, making money, but I was owing, I owed way more than I made. Right. And then Bringing Down the House came out and it was life changing for
0: And for the for people that don't know, it's about the MIT kids that figured out how to win how to a be, blackjack. Yeah, a bunch and, of MIT kids yeah.
1: won six million million playing blackjack. But and, I, uh, mean, it was, I love
0: all your books, don't get yeah. me wrong, but that Bringing Down the House was uh,
1: beyond yeah. a, a And that was my Turner. first nonfiction book. I'd never written nonfiction right. before. I joined the MIT blackjack team, I went to Vegas, and I spent well, every weekend with this MIT team, watching them do this system and being a part of it. And I wrote that book in Vegas, every night staying in a different hotel room, uh, wrote it in six weeks altogether. Really? Um, yeah, even less than that, it was a really quick write and it just exploded, it was just one of those books that, that and you can't, you can't. there's no way to make that happen, it's just one of those things, you yeah. know, it's word of mouth, it, it did, the first printing of that book was 12,000 copies, right. it was a tiny first printing, uh, I, I sold it for the least amount of money I'd ever sold a book. Um, and it just exploded. and and it was just one of those things. and And then, you know, Kevin Spacey got involved and made the movie. And you uh, know, that's the reason I got the social network is because, the Eduardo the, read it you know, and I got an email out of the blue at 2 in the morning my best friend founded Facebook and no one's ever heard of him, it. it was Eduardo's roommate and it was because of bringing down the house and so that book just led to everything else So
0: I know we're trying to wrap up but so when you wrote uh, Accidental Billionaires, mm-hmm. how popular was Facebook at that time?
1: It was small it was 2007 yeah, yeah. so it was only it wasn't even half a million users or something like that, no I think the movie takes place, you know, they get to their first million users yeah, 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 or something yeah. ridiculous like that was it a million or five hundred? I can't remember. It was a small. It was small. Um, yeah. When I first some got an email about that, I was like, Facebook, I know what Facebook is because I've been on it. But it wasn't a big deal. It yeah. wasn't what it was. I mean, you know, yeah, I should be very rich right now because I saw Facebook before it started <laughs> and I saw Bitcoin before it started. Right. right? You would think. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm not. I I I write about it. I don't own any of it, um, but I, I basically, uh, you know, it was pre. But we knew it was going to be something huge. I mean, because it was on the verge right. of being what MySpace never was, you know, which
2: was world changing in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um. So yeah. yeah. Well, what that's you, that's how I I picked up. Um, went right out of my head. Uh, bringing down the house. Oh, yeah. No, I picked. I was in an airport. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, the airports were great for that
1: book. Back, but, remember when you couldn't have a device on an airplane? Mm-hmm, that was so yeah. good for authors because everyone flying had a book. Right now, well, when's I, the last time you saw a book on an
3: airplane? <laughs> I, I, I bought
1: most of my uh, books yesterday. at an airport. Yeah, and now everyone grabs a book at the <laughs> well, airport, the, yeah, at the yeah, Hudson yeah. or whatever. I forgot
2: the book that I was going to. Right, going to bring. Right, I saw yours, read it. That's awesome. Um, and then I don't know. Then I hear I hear about the film. I'm like. And I didn't associate the two, because yeah. you know I think I saw the film, I don't even think I saw it in the theater, so I saw it right, on we changed demand the name, later. The name is 21 would, right? instead of bringing yeah. down the house, yeah. And Why did they do that?
1: Because there was the Queen Latifah name bringing down that yeah. movie. Oh, that's right, I yeah, of oh, course. Oh, I had some great stories about that. I remember I get a call and my agent's like, listen, the, the head of Spike TV, the new head of Spike TV wants to have a big call with you. They, they love you, they wanna do a big show with you. And so I get on the phone and it's like the head of Spike TV and like five other people on the phone. And she's like, I just wanna tell you how much I loved bringing down the house. I thought Queen Latifah was." It's amazing, and she goes on for like five minutes, and there's like silence. And I'm like, you know, I didn't write that. And then, of course, there was no point to this meeting anymore. Right. That's what not she's she like. So oh, really? Cool. What did you write? And I was like, this isn't going anywhere. Right? That was very sad. That's so they had someone had used the title, so yeah. we had to come up with another title. So 21 was the title. Well, they changed, you know, it to Social Network. Too. And by the way, I hated the title of Social Network until the movie, and then when I saw the movie, I was like, actually, that's a perfect title. Yeah, yeah. Um, it it's works. So broad. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Accent of billionaires, I like too, but I. Think Think it wouldn't have been as big a movie called accident of yeah, that makes sense yeah. what are you working on next i don't have my next book
2: opie i've got i i've got a, I've got a t- uh, you know you were t- you've said you've known opie for almost 20 years i really um, have known him for a long time so there's uh, there's another opie sorkin connection is that right from news oh, right yeah yeah on the boston marathon bombing story line mm-hmm they reference greg hughes. greg hughes and tweets that opie wrote uh, uh when they went and tracked down the um Wait, the brothers what? why well what happened was <laughs> i just think it's a really neat
0: story i i became like uh incredibly viral so you know they're trying to chase him down in the neighborhoods and stuff right and let's just say from my boston roots i might have got you know a little inside track uh, oh really with a police radio and someone might have gave me a link so i could actually listen to something not many people were listening to so i started tweeting what i was hearing and you you knew and all the news sources were like (laughs) oh my god this kid knows something right and i'm just in my living room listening to this police radio that was very off the radar wow And I I was tweeting that he was under the boat and all that shit. Oh, so you
1: were the one who who launched the boat boat part of the story. All
0: that. Wow. And it was all over Twitter.
1: I mean, I remember reading all that stuff. And then I was taking some chances Uh, because I
0: was getting cocky. Yeah. And then I'm trying to remember, but someone at CNN got in a lot of trouble because they started reading my tweets yep. and they reported something that was wrong. That was definitely one of my tweets, oh. and and they had reprimanded him. I forgot his name. I don't it was really... Jim Acosta, I think, right? No, it was somebody else that I don't see as much. But anyway, so then uh, what's his name there? So they,
2: they, they're, they're, I think it's in season too oh, well, of, of, of the, the newsroom show, they're God. doing that st- yeah and i just uh-huh. rewatched the whole series yeah. recently <laughs> oh and
0: it's definitely based on me because they named the character greg hughes and everything <laughs> oh i love it well, well, that's they're, awesome. they're
2: going through a timeline so on the yeah. whiteboard like I'm, I'm watching it sort of miss it the first time through and i'm doing this rewatch a handful of months ago and it's like you see on the whiteboard who is greg hughes and then it's greg hughes tweets at and it's a timeline and then <laughs> yeah, they must say your name like I don't know twenty or thirty oh, yeah. times in the whole.
0: No, hole. I <laughs> was getting uh, DMs and everything from news sources. Like, how do you know this stuff?
2: But on <laughs> the know. on the TV on the That's on the no. program, but I mean, the fiction. W- yeah. But in when I life. was
0: when I was actually tweeting that night, yeah. I was getting all sorts of DMs and 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 public public tweets too. Like, how do you know this? Right. You know, who is your source? Who, who's you, giving you that? Could you come on our air? And yeah, I'm just yeah. like, uh, I'm just like tweeting That's away, great. just enjoying see, the hell I had forgotten
2: that part of the story, so I'm doing this rewatch. I call up. Opie yeah. and I said uh, cause I know Sorkin will was a huge radio fan loves mm-hmm. music and will just pull random characters sure. out of thin air and I'm like Buddy, he must have been an O and A fan, right. from AAF. Uh,
0: yeah, no, that was a whole.
1: That's awesome. I
0: stepped into something that. Day. <laughs> it was starting to get a little scary too because everybody was like trying to get a hold of me, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, you I can't I talk about it. Knew I backed
1: down because because
0: yeah. my source. I'm sure your
1: source was <laughs> <laughs> my source in uh, uh-huh. in Boston at the time was very very. Well, solid. Boston is Italian town, town like that where a guy like you probably had some really good sources. No man, when I got
0: fired, I was scared shitless.
1: Oh, yeah, because of uh, Mayor Menino's oh. connections yeah, yeah. and
0: whatnot. They and, had some connections. And uh, outside my house, they had uh, cops just kind of rolling by, just like in a movie, (laughs) rolling by slowly my apartment and stuff i couldn't wait to leave boston is that right that. i was scared that's yeah. awesome <laughs> i love that and i told it recently uh, mayor menino was um, um selling a, bu- a book at the end of his life mm-hmm. and i was on at sirius xm i was trying to get him on the show i've told this a few times on the podcast now and i was going to apologize to him because mm-hmm. you know that was a million years ago i was a dopey shock jock and i've right. i've, I've yeah, you kind of think about your life and stuff. And right. I wanted to get him on, promote his book. And also, I was going to apologize to him. Nah. That was just a,
1: you know. But he wouldn't come on? Nope. No, he, was he still, was still holding still, a grudge. Uh, the anger never went away. And the <laughs> weird thing is, when
0: Mayor Menino actually died, I happened to be in Boston in a hotel room. Oh, watching the coverage on the news. And I was like, wow, this is really strange. That's wild. Because it was, I don't know, it was close to 20 years later, maybe yeah, 15 years yeah. later. So, yeah. wow. Anyway, we're babbling about other All things. Right. You, you got anything for uh, uh, Ben uh, there, fanboy Mike? I hope he doesn't see the text I sent Julia
2: about him. What? Well, I was just excited to see you see yeah, it. You read it, Robert. <laughs> what, 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 what happened? Do I have to do it in her voice? No. Oh. Where, I don't even know where to start. I love you more than life. Oh, right, right, right. I love you more than <laughs> life. I hope that's no, not no, to no, me. That was no, to Julia, God. right? Oh, my God. Ben Mezrich is here. Well, that's awesome. Enjoy, babe. See you later. I'm going to uh, ask him to sign all the books I have from uh, him. Oh, that's nice. I, listen, I appreciate <laughs> it. It's nice that's to have cool. fans. What? <laughs> oh, hello, sir. <laughs> Mind signing seven of these books? <laughs> I'm not going to do her accent. Oh, God. Wait,
0: oh. you ran out and got the books? No, no, I wanted
2: her to bring them. She- I wanted her to bring them, but she
0: wouldn't come. Oh, she wouldn't uh, come. No. You don't have one that question for him about any of his books? No, not really, because I wasn't prepared. I don't want to start stumbling. No, that's all right. Yeah, but you 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 like his work. I love his work. And is it true you go to the same uh, bakery every day? You've been there like 1,500 times? So, I read an article about you a while ago. Fortunately,
1: so I live in the mall, and they used to have this food court, and yeah. there's a sandwich place. I'm a creature of ritual. Yeah. So I would eat the exact same sandwich every day. Um, and I had 600, you know, they have a frequent user card. I had 666 punches on my card wow. cause I had gotten 666 straight sandwiches, um, which they were very impressed by. Right. Um, so yes, I used to go, I have, I'm a very, I'm a creature of routine. I do the exact same thing every day. Um, and um, yeah, so I would go to the same sandwich shop every day and get the exact same sandwich. What, what's the sandwich? It was a tuna salad sandwich. There was nothing special about that it. Was but that it, it. It was nothing. It was that sandwich. Um, and uh, toasted white bread at least. It was a. Uh, it was uh, a rye. It was on rye. It was a nice sandwich. But yeah. now I can't get it because the food court was. They took an eataly and put it in there instead of my food court. So you must have freaked out. I can't eat it eatily every day. It's ridiculous. So I was so miserable. The, the, the worst thing that happened in my life yeah. was the loss of my food court. <laughs> <laughs> so I that's how I bond with the Winkleby twins. I'm a creature of privilege. I, the worst thing that happened to me is I you lost the food court. So, now I, or- I, so back to the Prue. I,
2: I haven't been back in Boston. I went to school up there. I haven't oh. been and worked there. I haven't been in Boston in about five or six years yeah. in the Prue, Back as you're almost walking to the convention center. Is the Dunkin' Donuts still there? Yeah, Dunkin's there. Okay, good, because I'll yeah. be up there in a couple of weeks. I, <laughs> I too, am a creature of heaven. Yes, yeah, so
1: I'll see you right there. <laughs> I sit in <laughs> front of the Dunkin' uh, and eat my sandwich now, which is I, not a I, good sandwich.
2: I'm supposed to go up there and do
0: some with EEI. Let me know when you're out there. I might be up there uh, actually very soon.
1: When? I'll look you up. Early June. Early June. Awesome. I'm I'm on tour, but I I should be in town by then. Oh, I'll look you up. that would be cool. Yeah, it would be really fun. We'll try to find a new uh,
0: tuna fish sandwich spot.
1: There are, but I can't walk outside the mall. That's the problem. (laughs) That's the issue. I I just found out a CVS is going on in the mall, and to me, this is like a great moment because that was one of the things (laughs) missing. So I've got a supermarket, a CVS, and a gym where I work out. All I need is a sandwich shop, and I'm done. That is so yeah. wild. It's
0: you really biosphere. don't like... Boston don't like... is such a great I love
1: Boston. Boston is my favorite city in the world. I just don't like to go outside. Right. Right. I like to just like look outside. That
0: is so yeah. wild.
1: I watch right. the marathon from my window. I can watch you know, yeah. the parades every time we win an event. You yeah. know, I like, go watch through the window. It's nice. Uh,
0: you don't go down Newbury Street or anything? I,
1: I have to. The weather has to be perfect. <laughs>
3: So hard, I have a dog. Old.
1: I have a dog, and he's a yeah. pug. The great thing about pugs is you can walk them like one minute, and they're done. Oh, really? They're very, they're very indoor dogs. So yeah, it's like uh, you know, I walk my pug like five feet, and then we come back inside. And he doesn't <laughs> like the outdoors either. He hates it. Like you have to drag him outside. What about your kids? My kids love the outdoors. So that's that's why the camping. All that's right. why I was forced to go You're camping. You're conflicted. Oh yeah, yeah. And my wife is outdoorsy. So
0: my my wife's very. Uh, she likes to stay in. Oh, okay. So I got two kids. One likes to stay in, and one doesn't.
1: So you got to be out there. I, no, but I. You like the outdoors. I, I hate being inside. I'm the complete yeah. opposite
0: of you. We, yeah. we. I mean, I feel like we could be friends, but this we is could be friends, but, but you would have to drag off. me.
1: You would have to drag me I, out into the woods, and then I, I would I die out there. I mean,
0: I like malls, but after a half hour, get me the hell out. Yeah, of Yeah, yeah. Well,
1: I grew up in Jersey. I grew up in New Jersey, going to malls, and then yeah. I, as I got older and older, I realized I didn't have to leave the mall if I didn't want to. <laughs>
0: So now I don't. The
1: authors are hard. But anyways, Uh, thank you. This was awesome. Yeah, we're babbling now. But uh,
0: Ben Mesrick, I've been talking to him, like he said, close to 20 years. I've read at least half the books. The new one's called uh, Bitcoin Billionaires. I wrote down the, uh, the, the tagline for you. Yes. Bitcoin Billionaires is the story of the brothers' redemption and revenge in the wake of their epic legal battle with Facebook. As portrayed in his book accidental billionaires and the movie social network
2: perfect
1: how's that that was awesome i love it thank
0: you
2: very
1: much i really appreciate it thank you ben mesrick
0: joey you know what to do wrap it up
2: you got it brother don't forget to leave a five-star review at apple Podcasts. share the link of this episode with a friend go to opradio.com for hats shirts get that ruizing hat while you're there
0: and other cool merch and thanks for downloading this free podcast we call OB Radio.